0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for June 4th, 2023, Trinity Sunday in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you? Are are you feeling Pentecostal? I'm feeling Pentecostal.
1: Well, no, I'm feeling Episcopalian.
0: Okay. Okay. I was just kind of curious. I just can't
1: get over the race. Mm. that wasn't that amazing wasn't what, it just
0: um yeah what no, I happened I, is indescribable i can't i can't believe that that person won that other person didn't
1: oh yeah i mean it was, i know
0: what you mean <laughs> <laughs> uh we might be recording this right after our pentecost uh, uh, service uh that was outside uh so for those of you who uh um tuned in uh this past week uh for uh, a service you'll notice that there are two options for you uh uh, there is an indoor service option which is a little bit more of the normal fare uh and there is an outdoor uh service option um both completely valid uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, although the outdoor service uh, gave us some uh, some fun technological hiccups, uh, so uh, apologies for that. But you know what? When and it you, had dogs at it. Yeah, it had dogs at it. But you know, when you try to record something outside a uh, uh, hundred yards away from the church building, it does uh, it does present a series of challenges that sometimes just aren't fully well, overcome.
1: I gotta <laughs> say, you rose to meet them, you and your crew, and it was amazing
0: uh good people all uh so uh well this uh we're now in m- my least favorite named season least favorite named not yet it's
1: under the season after pentecost but trinity sunday is a feast day
0: oh so
1: there's still one last reason to celebrate before we get in the big dull time
0: gotcha well it, it, it on, on the lectionary page it falls under the season of season after Pentecost which it is legitimately after Pentecost so I suppose if it's going to belong to a season
1: yeah I'm I'm old school where it really should be its own thing of course it sure in some um parishes the tradition was to call it X Sunday after Trinity mm and it was this the 79 prayer book that Made it. No, it's the season after Pentecost. Gotcha.
0: So Trinity Sunday, that's where we all come to church and we hear three sermons back to back to back, right?
1: On a bad day, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or one fully disjointed sermon. Yes. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> Just as likely.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, we are now fully into... Um, uh, the, the, as you pointed out, it is a this coming Sunday is a feast day, mm-hmm. uh, but we are uh, into our very very our long season, The long um,
1: green season,
0: the one that I still uh, uh, want to come up with something, something better, <laughs> um, uh, as far as as far as the name goes, mosquito season, <laughs> something better than that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps as well, um, but uh, but <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Uh, we're, we're 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 kind of flying by this year we get yeah. a, a, a a a pretty decent sized uh season after pentecost the the, the season kind of stretches yeah. uh, and shrinks depending on um how, how late easter was. how late easter was exactly so um this this year our sunday after this coming sunday uh, starts with proper five so there's only you know only
1: missing four,
0: four. Yeah, they're only missing missing four other proper. So, uh, so it's 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 a pretty decently mm-hmm. length uh, one. I think last year we were like it was like eight or nine yeah. or something like that. We jumped in the middle of. Uh, so we will be. Um, there's not a. There, there's. I would love to say that there is a uh, a, a real uh, approach to it, and this year there. They're, they're sorry i'm i'm You're all thinking out loud. i'm thinking out loud uh i'd love to say that there's like a oh this season we're gonna you know do a deep dive into oh. uh there's a little bit of that we do uh, end up doing a little bit of following along in uh, genesis yeah. and and matthew um uh, uh so there, there's there's a small sense of that um but uh But it kind of then loosens midway through (laughs) that. And and to
1: to give full credit to your concern, there are a couple, I've I've seen a couple of Episcopal churches over the last 10 years or so call this the season after Pentecost, call it creation season, Mm. because often, particularly the first reading for the Sunday, does have something to do with God's creating activity.
0: Oh, okay. I gotcha. But not
1: the entire yeah.
0: season. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I I, I looked ahead. Uh we do uh, kind of do go consecutively in Genesis for the next few weeks. We do go consecutively in Matthew uh for the next few weeks. But Trinity Sunday is its own thing. So right. it it it's we do have a Genesis reading and we do have a Matthew reading, but it's not necessarily then like, oh well then we'll follow along right. shortly thereafter. Um but uh so um as far as things to promote for the church, we've got the uh, the, the uh, youth group mission trip starts next week, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so uh, we'll, we'll be wanting to think of, for, of them and uh, preparing for their uh, their mission trip travels. And, Keep them and in your prayers. Absolutely. Um, do we have anything else going on? We got we've got yeah. uh, uh, actually yes, I, I, I did think of one that I that I know of, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, there's game night this Friday. Uh, so, uh, seven o'clock, uh, game June night. 3rd? Is the uh, I think it's the second. Second. Okay. I, I feel like it's the second. Um, but, uh, uh, so that'll be anybody who wants to do board games, card games, come on. And uh, I always order pizza and it's a good uh, time. It, it is a lot of fun. So, uh, so come on down to the church for that. I think I'll be there, but we'll see. Sounds good. Well, a pizza will be waiting for you. <laughs> wow. Uh, Anything else? Like, Was that the thing you were thinking of? No. (laughs) Okay, what's your thing? Um, A week later, June
1: 10th, um, is the Gay Pride Parade Mm, in downtown mm -hmm. Indy. And so, um, as always, the Episcopal Church will have a marching unit, which is just a bunch of us walking together behind a banner. Um, You know, a whole bunch of Episcopal flags, usually. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is... Um we we often get big cheers. Yeah, because there is a certain recognition of the Episcopal Church working hard to uh truly really include everyone. So it's it's meaningful especially in this day and age of mm-hmm. fractured politics. Yeah. So that's happening. Um and then the last Saturday in June is the Sparks Fisher's fireworks.
0: Uh, and yeah. so
1: we'll start the day at roughly 6 p.m. with a cookout for everyone Mm -hmm. and then the fireworks usually start around 10 p.m. yeah and so we'll also have some lawn games sounds good you can park here and go to the parade which you which is roughly 3 p.m.
0: so yeah as you pointed out mosquito season
1: so (laughs) i guess it's because we of all the birds we have around the property i don't get many mosquito bites at outside at the church
0: hmm yeah no i not not really maybe the Goose poop keeps... Uh... <laughs>
1: the mosquito's like, this smells too bad. Let's go <laughs> no across <way>. the street. <laughs> no way. <laughs> also, it usually helps if it's windy
0: yeah that's true that's true
1: that's the big thing
0: probably. uh so that is that is uh th- that's coming up so yeah look, look forward to that as always visit our website uh, yeah. uh holyfamilyfishers.org yeah exactly right and probably maybe a thing or two that we're we're yeah. not thinking of yeah that there's like
1: book group and some of those yeah, things yeah
0: yeah like that. yeah that that aren't always at the the top of our mind because uh, there's right. not much there at the, <laughs> at
1: the top of our mind,
0: right? <laughs> uh, uh, breathe and uh, and and don't forget to eat, and that's about <laughs> all my brain can handle. Um, I try not to trip on chords, but I only <laughs> had about five
1: hundred on that today.
0: <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's trip on over to our uh, uh, day in church yeah, history. Let's get June there. June fourth. Our first entry comes from three hundred and eight. Uh, uh, that's more like yeah know, there we go no more of these starting the thousands <laughs> yeah yeah and there's only one uh, pre-thousand but okay. uh, but uh, uh, 308 Corinius, Bishop of Sissica, uh after experiencing imprisonment torturing and mockery is drowned in a river uh, where he preaches until he sinks interesting <laughs> yeah that'd
1: be an interesting comic book
0: <laughs> Gra- that's more of a graphic novel. Well that's actually that's <laughs> I was
1: picturing a graphic novel. Yeah. 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 But uh but yeah. You know, there's water coming up and the balloon sp- speaking balloon, getting more and more bubbles mm-hmm. in
0: it. <laughs> How <laughs> frustrating though for 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 him, uh for Corinius. Everyone knows that uh every preacher's never a hundred percent satisfied with their <laughs> sermon. <laughs> So, I mean, to be, to have it cut short is just like, well, and that's the last thing that he, that on his mind, like, I didn't get to say. <laughs> that is
1: very true. And I'm picturing also the, <laughs> you know, the preacher's nightmare is people walking out on him. So it's like, come on, you can tell I only have three more minutes. Where are you going? Right. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs>
0: Uh 1133 Lothair the 2nd of Saxony receives the imperial crown from Pope Innocent the 2nd whom he has just established on the papal throne by a show, show of armed force. That's how they did it back then a little uh, too often. Yep, no no longer the sm- not the smoke uh, no. <laughs> coming out of the chimney. Uh something very different.
1: Our swords are bigger. <laughs>
0: And more numerous, uh, fifteen seventy one, an executioner in Toledo, Spain, tries to spare Doctor Sigismondo uh, Arquer from burning alive for his Protestant beliefs by garroting him. Oh, okay. but the onlooking crowd riots at the <laughs> show of mercy. In the make, in the melee, Arquer himself is seriously injured and is already half dead when committed to the flames. <laughs>
1: Those were the days. What a
0: weird <laughs> sequence of like number 1 to be angry that you're showing mercy to someone that you're about to like fire light on fire is
1: well actually I shouldn't sound like I'm defending it cuz I'm not but it was a, a a recognized sign of respect to strangle someone to death before they burned. Okay. So his action would have implied that he was... Deserving a, of respect. That and he was in deserving <laughs> and perhaps even um, falsely convicted. Oh. Uh,
0: well, but... <laughs> but... But was he? <laughs> I mean... I, I mean... that Being falsely convicted for having Protestant beliefs... Okay, probably not. But, uh, you know... Well, he probably did... He well, probably had those beliefs. Yeah, it's just... Should you we're going to debate. For it? We're going to strongly debate whether or not he should have burned for it.
1: Right, whether he should have been burned or
0: strangled. Let's <laughs> go there. Or neither. Or or neither. I don't none, think none that was this. an option here. First thing I do when I invent a time machine. is, like, yes. You know we could not kill people <laughs> for these things, right? And then the, your next and word then the, would be <laughs> "ow." Stop that. <laughs> Fire is hot. Um, <laughs> 1639, fundamental orders of New Haven are adopted. These have been proposed by Reverend John Davenport and are extraordinary examples of the religiously inspired formation of a government. Is the way that it's phrased.
1: Huh. I have a feeling I don't understand what
0: that is. I don't either. Okay. I was kind of looking at you, hoping yeah, that there'd be a sign was... of recognition, ah, well. and then you furrowed your brow <laughs> yes. in such a way that I was like, nope, he nope, doesn't know. You him. lost me. Nope. All right. What's it called again? The Fundamental Orders of New Haven. What year? Uh, 1639. And the authority of the date comes from uh, William MacDonald uh, from a book called The Select Charters and Other Documents Illustrative of American History.
1: Okay. So I'm trying to remember who colonized Connecticut. What we now call Connecticut. Because I presume it's New Haven, Connecticut. What, what denomination?
0: Yeah, what denomination it might have been. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
1: So yeah, it was probably one of those proto-constitutionists. John Ta-
0: Davenport's a Quaker name, right?
1: Jeez. <laughs> it's Qu- about his- Quakers from Pennsylvania. That one I know. Okay, okay.
0: Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 1663 death at St John's Oxford of Bi- archbishop William Juxon. as a priest he had attended King Charles I of England at his execution for which service after the restoration Charles II appointed him archbishop of Canterbury so um he was involved yeah hands uh, <laughs> rubbing up against each other um but uh but um, 1663 was uh, the date of his death them. Uh, made what was it? Okay, was he
1: was he killed or was it natural causes?
0: It doesn't say. And usually, this thing says, says. if it's interesting. Okay, um, so uh, one assumes so, uh, natural causes. But uh, but yeah, it earned his position of archbishop by attending the execution. I say that in quotation, quotation right. marks. Attending um, uh,
1: also with raised. Oh,
0: oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw, I phrased that wrong. He attended. King Charles I of England at his execution. So he, I, I assume the uh, uh, presumption is that he gave him last rites.
1: That's what I presume to. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Heard a final confession. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 1775 john carmichael of brandywine pennsylvania preaches a sermon saying war in self-defense is lawful uh sermons of this character helped form american opinion at the time of its revolutionary war so uh prepping for yeah. that uh 1883 death of uh and this is in quotation marks righteous vera so a. Uh, uh, a term, a, a girl who had been who, who had begun early to seek the Lord and practice asceticism. Um, her twin sister uh, Lubov died four days later. So the 12 year olds were visiting in the Russian monastery at Uptina. All of that sounds suspicious. Why is there not more on this yeah. entry? The death of these two 12-year-olds, the one, you know, the, the, the twin died four days earlier. The other one died later. It, it, totally natural causes. Totally, yeah. Don't ask questions don't around ask this Russian monastery. The,
1: <laughs> don't ask any questions of these celibate men who haven't seen a female in God knows how
0: long. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, I, I'm curious to know a little bit more yeah. about that, uh, but I don't know. I, I it, I'm not familiar with Righteous Vera, but no, it me implies neither. it implies that there's a story there uh, as to who sh- she was and some sort of. I gotta her,
1: admit, I'm a little rusty on Russian Orthodox saints.
0: Yeah, but uh, some sort of fame had mm-hmm. had to befallen her to 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 give her a name, so uh, such as that. So. 1931, uh, Carl McIntyre is uh, ordained and installed at the Chelsea Presbyterian Church in Atlantic City, New Jersey. He will become well-known as a radio broadcaster delivering delivering fundamentalist and anti-communist views. What's his name again? Carl McIntyre. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to say I don't know who he is. From the Biographical Dictionary of Evangelicals. Yeah.
1: May his memory continue to fade from the sounds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, 1948, the first radio broadcast of the Far East Broadcasting Company's new Manila station goes on the air with the staff singing all hail the power of Jesus name. Huh. So an interesting way to start to kick it off uh,
1: uh the, yeah. yeah i'm trying to remember the rest of the hymn if there's oh, some man, part of it that could apply man, to geez, a radio man, broadcast man, 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 man,
0: man. <laughs> i mean it's, it's a good tune well, yeah yeah I'm, I'm trying to think if there's uh any sort of like uh brim you know hellfire and brimstone <laughs> kind of an aside to it i don't know um 1985,
1: we, the, we really don't know him a lot today, do we? We really don't. Uh,
0: we're spent. We've been outside. Yeah. Uh, the sun has beaten down on us, and we are <laughs> just spent. 1985, the Supreme Court of the United States rules against an Alabama law requiring a moment of silence or prayer uh, in public schools.
1: And that's gone somewhere else. Yeah,
0: yeah, we are. It's a different Supreme Court since 1985. Yeah. Uh, 1995, at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Brussels. Pope John Paul II beautifies Father Damien, the priest who had given his life in Hawaii for outcasts suffering leprosy.
1: Father Damien really was a very inspiring figure. Um, I'm not sure if he's yet on the Episcopal calendar. He very well could be. But um, during the height of the AIDS crisis, he became the unofficial um patron saint of AIDS ministries. Really? In both the Roman Catholic and Episcopal Church. And then
0: went on to uh, He was already dead. Oh, oh okay.
1: <laughs>
0: got it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, he he didn't get better. <laughs> I didn't put together that you said a year later than nineteen ninety five and uh, I was like, oh he served <laughs> Yeah. Served served people who suffered that, and yeah. then went and dealt with leprosy yeah. uh but so okay. my,
1: my home office I have an icon of Father Damien because I was very involved in AIDS ministry, very
0: cool yeah uh and that's it that's uh those, those are, are our it. entries um at um, least I
1: knew a lot about the
0: last one there you go there <laughs> you go uh and I knew nothing about any of them uh <laughs> other than the the um uh i I did enjoy the story of the uh the the sinking sermon, yes. <laughs>
1: He did get into that.
0: <laughs> um, well, let's move on to our reading for the day. Uh, our Unfortunately, first, fortunately, there's stuff written down about those. <laughs> there, there is, there is. Uh, stop me if this sounds familiar. Our first mm. entry comes from Genesis one, verse one, uh, all the way to chapter two, verse four a. So, fill your coffee cup. <clears throat> uh, allow me to clear my throat and read for the next forty minutes. Um. <laughs> In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, uh, was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters." So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and the trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the the day from the night and let them be, let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let be, let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so God made the two great lights and the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of, every, uh, of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in His image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon all the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit you shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth... And to every bird of the air and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Um so this is our first creation story in Genesis. I say first because there are two, right. uh, which we have talked about and before it's first,
1: simply because it comes first, not because it's older. Right. But
0: I like this one better. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I actually like this one better. I uh, like
1: the other one. Do
0: you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like the uh, almost Pauline repetitiveness (laughs) of of the way that it delivers. Like, I'm going to do this. And so he did exactly this. Um, But I think what we've talked about before is this is an example of the reason why it's repetitive is it's driving home. God says he's going to do something. And then God does exactly those things. Um, uh, Good. But in different actions,
1: there's often one or two words different Mm -hmm. from the other occasions. So, for instance, um, there's the verse in which the earth is told to produce something. Uh Uh In Hebrew, earth is female. Oh, okay. And so there's all, it, it, it leaves open a door for all sorts of fascinating, poetic, and historic interpretation about how about what is the meaning of female creative action being very intentionally introduced into the narrative. Hmm.
0: Okay. Um, there, there are a couple of reasons why I like this, okay. th- this, this, uh, creation story. One, as you read it, um, you can't, if you really read it, you can't help, but realize that it is, this is like, um, almost like a story for children of yeah. like where yeah. babies came from yeah you know what I mean the like just so story exactly and and obviously not historically accurate it could not be because right. uh, for little simple things that are hidden in here of like oh uh, he placed lights in the dome mm-hmm. which uh, wow. uh, you know is translated. In verses earlier called the sky uh, after having separated the waters on the earth and the waters in the air, uh, which is kind of an interesting way to think of it. But like so the belief when this was written is like this contained world. We have no, you know, idea of
1: explain rain.
0: Yeah, it helped explain rain. It helped explain the stars in the sky, uh, and all the you know everything that 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 shone light on the earth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, by the way that this is worded, uh, the the initial belief would have even been like, oh, the rain comes from, or, or the, the the water from the sky comes from somewhere that that's above where the moon is, and where the the sun is. Well, I don't know. Well but it's but it's it also matter. yeah it doesn't super matter but there's like these little things that yep. you can kind of see like oh okay because of the limited knowledge when this was written it was like i think this is how it works
1: well but there's also you know nuance here that there's no evidence historically that this was ever taken scientifically until ironically the um scientific revolution of the 1800s Mm -hmm. that prior to this no one thought that this was how it happened right um but when darwin came along suddenly church people got upset Mm. and said (laughs) no right and and now it's to the point of ridiculousness of unless you believe this literally you're not a good christian yeah yeah Um, you're not a valid christian
0: yeah it's this story and and others uh in in particularly a lot of things in the old testament but this story in particular along with the second creation story uh really do stand in the way of uh modern a lot of modern christians being able to still marry up religion and science yeah which i feel like religion and science are very similar studies if you let them be yeah you know what i mean like well the
1: the first scientists were often monks
0: right but like the 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 research and the studying of the divine it can lead you down very similar paths as the research and study of science Mm -hmm. like how is life actually created is you know one could argue a religious endeavor (laughs) really yeah um so uh yeah the big
1: thing is you can't let the the bible control your assumptions
0: yeah which is the
1: problem in fundamentalism
0: yeah exactly uh so believing that this must be read literally um is also unwound a little bit by the fact in like the next chapter we get another one yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, which is, I absolutely love. And then maybe I just like the second one because it's the second one. So that someone picking up the Bible, reading first chapter of Genesis, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And then starts to read the second chapter of Genesis, because that's where the first story ends. Suddenly gets this other one. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't make any connection. And if you don't like that one, one, we got another (laughs) one. I got another for It's just, it, it, the Bible starts with a lesson that you can't take it literally. Yeah. That's supposed to be metaphorically interpreted, which, again, the Jew, Jewish tradition for thousands of years took it metaphorically. Right, right. And I think
0: that's the, the right call. Oh, yeah. I do, the, the other, one of the other reasons why I like this one is um, it's got this sense of building. Uh, really? and, uh, you're kind of, it's, uh, for, for the young kids out there, this is like a, a, a story about like the Minecraft experience. Um, <laughs> but I love yeah. how, yeah. I love how yeah. like it starts off so relatively speaking, so small. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the, you know, creator of the cosmos kind of a story. So it's, we're not talking small things. These are mm-hmm. way bigger than what we could accomplish. But on the first day, the only thing God does is. There's light, yeah, and it doesn't imp- it doesn't say like whew, that's enough." I'm tired, uh, but <laughs> but it does kind of start with this like slow build, like that's enough for today. Mm-hmm. I was just checking to see if it's something that I could do. I'm gonna think about it, and I'm gonna come back tomorrow, and we're gonna take the next step. And then the next day, it's you know, oh okay, let's you know separate the waters and create a space between the center and you know out there and we're gonna you know uh, you know i'm gonna call it sky and that's the second thing Mm -hmm. and like moving water you know about all the you know about the earth is would be a little bit bigger of a task than creating light and so it's just a little bit more work than the day one (laughs) and then day three it's like all right let's push all the water Uh, to one side so that the land will appear you know what i mean it just kind of gathers to where you get to day six and it's like we created all the animals on the earth which is a little bit more abundant than all the animals in the sky and over the seas although that part's a little arguable but like you know (laughs) as far as the list of things i'm doing cattle gets its own category and Mm -hmm. uh creeping things which i'm kind of interested as to like how that actually translates because that's kind of Interesting. Yeah, I always picture scorpions. but yes. that's just me. Scorpions and worms, like <laughs> yeah. their own category as well. Uh, but all the, all the, you know, all of this gets created, and I do humankind, both male and female, for all the, you know, you know all the, all the animals. Uh, 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 I create uh, that way. Like day six is packed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of <laughs> feel like by the time you crescendo to day six, you actually under you you, you as you read, you kind of understand like. Woo! day seven, yeah. I spent, <laughs> I need a break. Uh, um, and, and which is kind of a fun little tie-in of like, and that's why we celebrate the Sabbath children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that tie-in. So it's not only just like teaching, you know, the little four-year-olds, you know, this is how the world was created. Isn't that fun and cool? Like a little fun children's story. But then this is also why today is a day of rest. Yeah uh yeah
1: it, it ties you into something much bigger than yourself
0: right right so that's the reason why i like this one
1: because okay.
0: i i like the i like the the way it crescendos and i like the way that it uh um uh works in more than one thing that it's trying to teach uh um and not just where we came from but also kind of how we be a little bit about how we behave um so anyways uh, what 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 additions do you have for us on this first reading? I mean, we've read everybody who's who's attended church for any portion of their life has heard this story <laughs> and several zoned, times.
1: Zoned out after verse and, three, we're right?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evening and morning, third day. Oh, there's like four more of these. <laughs> it what's.
1: One of the fascinating things about this to me is that it's beginning of the Hebrew scriptures Mm -hmm. and yet it's one, it could be one of the newest in terms of composition. Okay. That's interesting. Hebrew scriptures. There's quite a bit of of internal evidence uh, that it was written during the exile in Babylonia. Mm -hmm. So same time as, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. um, after a number of the prophets, after a lot of the rest of the book of Genesis. Mm. And it sees God as a very powerful ruler. Okay. Which, if you're enslaved by the, the most powerful ruler in the known world, this would give reassurance of don't worry, the God you believe in is more powerful than the dude that destroyed your temple and enslaved you.
0: Yeah. And that, that, that is also kind of a, a, another aspect of this because of all the things that it specifically mentions sometimes to the annoyance of the reader or listener. um, When comparing to the other gods of the Mm -hmm. day, when this was, may have been written, it is like pointing out like you know how there's like just a god for that one thing god our god mm-hmm. made yep four things on it one day alone yes. including that god of one thing you know so he's like a he's like a all of he, all of your he gods combined all of it exactly uh so it's kind of kind of cool in that i'm also kind of as i'm scanning back through here i also like it, it the the not only does the progression between the days crescendo but it there's there's a thoughtfulness to it that that uh um uh, kind of plays out um you don't want your world to be dark before you're putting living things on there the plants wouldn't grow and the birds can't see uh you would well and it would have no spiritual wisdom okay ooh, i like that yeah because we've got metaphorical yeah yeah physical light and metaphorical light yeah um, You know, you separate and create the, you know, separate the waters to create the land and the seas so that the things that you're about to create have a space. Uh, but before you put them there, you give them things to be able to eat the vegetation. Uh, so I just kind of like how it like builds in such a way where you're not like and he created birds. They almost starved, almost <laughs> starved. But the next day, (laughs) next day God created vegetation. Like, you know what I mean? It it doesn't it's not out of place at all. It's kind of a fun
1: and part and one of the overriding theological concerns in this creation story is God controlling chaos in life. Mm. That it's there, it's a given, but God can overcome it. Mm. So again, you're an enslaved people, you've lost your worship space. What are the religious leaders going to do? They're going to write, uh, essentially a poem about how chaos does not win. Mm -hmm. And God will take care of us even as we're an enslaved people.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Literally God knows what we need to eat.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Um, yes. The, the last verse we have. Yes. Where, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created.
1: That may be the introduction to the second creation story.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: But for whatever reason. Again, punctuation doesn't exist in, in Hebrew. Right. For whatever reason, we have made that a separate sentence, made it its own verse, when it could just as easily, in terms of context, be completely attached to the second creation story.
0: Interesting. I am kind of curious why we decided to cut the um, the first chapter at the end of the sixth day and then start the next chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of odd that we're that we that we decided to do that.
1: Well, part of it is that the, you know, by when, when chapters and verses were assigned to the Bible, there wasn't a need to preserve the, the God did a special thing on each day semi-scientific structure. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, okay, that God finished creating. Gotcha. In that chapter. Huh. And resting. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, um, I guess.
1: Or it could be okay, God did all that busy work. The most <clears throat> important thing we're supposed to notice is thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. Mhm. That maybe that's the thing that
0: we're going to kick off the next chapter with the ta-da.
1: yeah, yeah. You know this this is the punchline.
0: Yep, cool. Um, all right. Well, let's move on, move on. with to our Psalm reading for the week. Psalm eight, all of Psalm eight. Uh, Psalm eight, which is a nine verses long, reads this way: "O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth." You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea. Whatever passes along, uh, along the paths of the sea, O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Um, which is a cool bookend. Yeah. Uh, beginning and end um,
1: very intentional of course
0: psalm 8 is a for me a well-known um musical piece uh, so i'm actually kind of curious hmm. uh the words are pretty similar uh for the for the musical piece with a singular notable exception uh in verse 5 the song says yet you have made them a little lower than god And in the song, it says uh, you have made them a little lower than the angels.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: I'm curious to know, um, is there is is the word in the actual psalm uh, God or did we choose to uh, uh, make that change? I'm trying to figure out if there's a good reason as to why the uh, the arranger of the, the, the piece that I'm thinking of says angels, because the.
1: Actual word is heavenly beings.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So it is not the word for God.
1: It's not the word for God.
0: The one we can say and the one that we can't. Right. Either one. It's of not one of those. Interesting. Um, quite. And. I can see why we would translate it that way, because especially when paired for this lectionary reading, it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of uh, creation story, Similarities here, mm-hmm. uh, and in the creation story that we just read, it was talking about uh, uh, in their in in uh, in their image. It is there, but God is talking about Himself. Um, so uh, I know that uh, modern Christianity, at least, has pretty much across the board taken the interpretation that we're made in His image. Um, his or her, yeah, yeah, God's image, uh, yeah. But um, male and
1: female, he made them,
0: right? But we don't, uh, we we do. That means we do kind of skate over the phrasing, um, the phrasing here. Uh, it does say so. God created humankind in His image, but then it restates, in the image of God, He created them, uh, um, and the verse before is let us make humankind in our image. So there's kind of a plurality implied in in there as well. So maybe the, you know, maybe the heavenly beings translation is a little bit more close to
1: what's happening in Genesis. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, part of it is Genesis wasn't, I'm sorry, the the creation story, the first creation story wasn't made from whole cloth. Mm -hmm. And so the, the authors of it authors and editors of it did pull from ancient traditions some of which probably were actually pre-monotheism
0: okay okay
1: so one of the things that the that piece from genesis does is reinforce if not create a theology of monotheism in the face of polytheism
0: okay Mm-hmm.
1: And Psalm connects very closely with that first Genesis creation story, and so it echoes that ambiguity about divine beings. Gotcha. Um, and so, say, translating it as angels is as valid as translating it as God with a singular mm-hmm. um, heavenly beings is is the most accurate gotcha. of what the hebrew says um since i'm happy with ambiguity that's probably where i would have left it cool
0: no yeah i like i like the ambig- ambiguity of it um you good episcopalian you right uh psalm eight uh do we know anything about when this was written who wrote it anything like that well how it was used perhaps quick answer is because it's so
1: So it is very accurate to say it is closely connected with the first creation story. So that means it has to be after the the writing down of that creation story. So that puts us at the earliest during the Babylonian exile. Mm. So the temple's gone. Um, It could be after. It doesn't referred to temple worship. So it's probably before the Israelites have been freed from Babylonia to return and rebuild the temple. Okay. So that's all putting it in that time of either enslavement or shortly after they were released. Hmm. Okay. Interesting.
0: Um, it does. I, you know, I can't read this Psalm any other way than to, to think of it as a, an actual, him, a song
1: and this definitely is an actual hymn okay the way that it has it's the, beautiful
0: poetry though. yeah i mean and yeah.
1: verse one and nine uh, being identical you know clearly that that's a mm-hmm. song yeah in the in the hebrew tradition
0: i am i am failing to remember the the, the name and the arrangement that, that mm-hmm. is in my head but uh there is there if I think of it later maybe i'll maybe I'll throw it into a podcast later, sure uh, but it is a it's a gorgeous rendition of it, and I think we've sung it a couple of times here at the church uh it's one of one of my absolutely favorites uh the fish of the sea portion the basses get to go do like a super low oh neat you know super bass note, which is so much fun to say <laughs> um anything else about the song
1: yeah the um. Verse two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: out of the mouths of babes and infants who have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. Mm-hmm. We really don't know how to translate that verse.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, fun words in there. The bulwark and yeah. uh, uh, um, the avenger, uh, which is kind of a, you know, especially in especially uh, readers who might read this uh, post what what would that have been? 20 or 2011? <laughs> uh, uh, their ears perk up in a different way. Oh, yeah. An Avenger? <laughs> a Marvel story? What are we Which doing? Which actually may not be a bad connection. Maybe In not. terms
1: of metaphors and <clears throat> images.
0: Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, um, bulwark is such a, if I'm not mistaken, a very, very British word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah i think i yeah i'd agree with you um but i mean oh, i'm pulling it up as to to what the actual definition is um but it, it's okay it's it is a wall a defensive yeah. wall yeah i always thought of it in in the <laughs> second um uh an extension of a ship's sides above the level of the deck that's the one that i was thinking of the the, the bulwark of a ship mm-hmm. right um sound yeah um, since
1: Britain was a great naval yeah power yeah that was an important piece of design
0: right so um but yeah uh uh any any indications like so like what words in there do we have any clues or are there is it just like fraught with like once used Hebrew words yeah. where we're like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One, um, the closest people are willing to say is, yeah, it it's a verse that says God went out over chaos. Okay. Um, but it's apparently it's sort of like the I forget the name of the game, but it's sort of like Scrabble where you have dice with letters on, you shake the cup, you roll it out, and you try to make words. Mm. Apparently, that's what translating this verse is like.
0: Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. um that I always find those those kind of things interesting because I mean it 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 in a way, it fits uh the style, but it still does kind of stand out a little bit as like a that one is a little more flowery language mm-hmm. than the rest of them. Like there's still some beautiful poetry in the in the other verses, but that one is particularly uh almost overly poetic
1: (laughs) well yeah and that it's sort of like you can tell a patch on a wall
0: right exactly and
1: this is a patch on the wall it fits but i
0: see it yeah (laughs) um well let's move on to our uh gospel reading here uh matthew chapter 28 verse 16 through 20 now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in earth and, on the, and sorry, all authority <laughs> in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Boy, that sure feels like it's the uh the end of Matthew. Is it the end of Matthew? It is. Is that the very, very that end? The, for once, it really is
1: the very end. It's not a false ending.
0: Okay, so that explains why we only have eleven disciples. Uh yeah. I don't remember if Matthew's one of the ones that tells the act the, the, the specific demise of Judas. Uh, but I don't uh think so. Um but he ain't, he ain't there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious to know if this is a recurring mountain location uh, a site. We don't know because uh, it just says the mountain that, yeah, to there's... which Jesus had directed them. Unless versus prior say something do we get like a directional and maybe a couple of verses prior as to like, Hey, meet me here in three days time or, you know, something like that.
1: So I'm just double checking. Um, no, that's okay. not, there's not a okay.
0: reference. Um, would be kind of cool. Uh, uh, narratively speaking, if, is if this is the mountain where um, uh, the disciples fell asleep and they saw, uh, you, you know, the presumption
1: is it's probably the Mount of Olives. Yeah, as we call one, it, the one Olives. and the
0: same. It uh, goes back to where they wanted to build the houses for Moses and Elijah. Nope, that's a different one. Oh, that's a different one.
1: Yeah, that's further. North. Okay, Mount of Olives overlooks Jerusalem. Okay. Mm-hmm. The um, transfiguration mm-hmm. took place while they were all still up in
0: Galilee, north of oh, okay. north of Jerusalem. Well, it does say they went to Galilee.
1: Oh, they did go to Galilee, so I was wrong. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Um, and yeah, we. It, Galilee, I like
0: I narratively, I like it better if it's the where they saw Moses and Elijah. It's
1: possible, but that is so far north in Galilee, and so distant from where the um, like Peter mm-hmm. and um, his bro lived that. It, <laughs> Yeah. It's not likely they would have just happened to be there. Um So the the quick answer is Galilee is nothing but mountains and a lake. Okay. So it's can't really say wh- where exactly it is. I know there's a church that is named in honor of this, so tradition has a place.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. But
1: it's I'm pretty sure it's not the same location as the transfiguration.
0: In my mind, I'm going to enjoy thinking that it is. Well, there really is
1: no reason not to. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, no. So this is, uh, he gives them uh, a a time and a place. Meet me. The password will be. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah. Well,
1: actually, yeah. The the place only being Galilee. Right. Which is a huge area.
0: Right, right, right. Um, It is an interesting, almost a throwaway line. Uh, When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Yeah. Which is Kinda interesting. Isn't that? Uh and I'm trying to think how much uh post-resurrection story there is in Matthew off the top of my head. Good question. Uh, but um I still get the feeling like you get a you, you get a uh one of the appears among them in a locked room stories. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I a, love how you classify
1: <laughs> <laughs> What you what you get is one of the Mary Magdalene and the other Mary encountering the resurrected Christ.
0: Oh, okay. So in Matthew, it's a it's all secondhand uh, to the to the men. To uh, gotcha. Uh, uh res post uh, resurrection stories. Uh, so there would be room for the characters to doubt in in this. Oh, yeah. in, in this in this writing, uh, we don't have the the twice appeared among the disciples uh, in in a in a right in a house. And once with and once without uh, Thomas, um, right. so um, it makes it makes sense that there would be like is that. The dude, yeah, it is yeah. the dude. It's you know, the I spent first... a lot of time with the dude, but isn't...
1: <laughs> yeah. So and, and and so you know, just to be honest, in Matthew, the entire resurrection experience of Jesus, the bodily resurrection experience, all takes place on Easter Day. Mm. um that matthew ends without an ascension mm-hmm. ends without any other appearances mm-hmm. to anyone in apostles or otherwise so for matthew easter was it gotcha That that gives you all you need to know
0: so then there really is a the the resurrection story uh, even for the reader of matthew w- it would be a matter of faith it's a yeah. it's, it's not so much because uh, i feel like luke and john do a lot more of like the yeah. post-resurrection stories to the point where it's like we tell you enough of them so that there should be no no doubt that this is true
1: or at least a manageable doubt
0: right, there you go uh but it sounds like matthew is a little bit more of a i don't know do you believe that right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what do you think reader yeah. um and part of the fun of it
1: is, um, the in chap sorry, verse nineteen, mm-hmm. go and bap go and make disciples of all na- nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is the only gospel that has that trinitarian formula.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, Hence Trinity Sunday, but. Uh, Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I I, but I do many a trivia question in Bible games. There you go. Um. So
0: the so this is their commission. Yes, Uh, uh, this is
1: in fact the title. In many translations, is the commissioning.
0: Yeah. So this is their commission without an ascension story. Right. Um, Right. So which is which is still kind of cool. Oh yeah. um, It it's almost.
1: More every day, there are fewer special effects. Mm-hmm. So, for some folks, it's more accessible.
0: Mark was written before Matthew, though, right? Or yeah. is it, or is yeah, okay. It, how is how does Mark treat uh post resurrection?
1: Empty tomb,
0: the end. move on. Is there a commission in, in Mark? No, yeah. okay. So, you can kind of see then the progression of, yeah. of the gospel of
1: resurrection theology,
0: yeah. Uh, Mark do not touch it really. <laughs> right. Matthew's like alright a little bit also the commission because that's the thing that we're supposed to do Luke then comes in like more resurrection stories to kind of help you out plus I'm going to give you the preamble for my upcoming book uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and uh, 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 there's kind of like a hook between the two and then John is like alright I'm going to give you a bunch <laughs> and then someone's going to come in after the fact and remind me of other things and I'm going to add on to that <laughs> Well, and
1: I, okay, to be completely honest about Mark, mm-hmm. there are two different endings. Oh, okay. Te- technically, there are three different endings.
0: <laughs> endings as in like, we think this was added on? Yes. Okay, gotcha.
1: That the original ending was, so they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Hmm. Bing, end of gospel That's a,
0: I mean, it's a good story Yeah You know, and that's a good way to end a story
1: And, and there are, we have found ancient Bibles That is where Mark ends So it's not just like,
0: you know, literally it's not, it's not like you you're, uh, were reading the tea leaves of like yeah. I don't know, the way that the next, you know Next nine verses are worded Don't right. sound quite like Mark Got it
1: And we have other ancient texts From a little bit later that say for add one verse, which is, and all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those <laughs> around Peter, and afterward Jesus Himself sent sent out through that through them, yeah, from east to west, the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation.
0: Okay, okay, so a little bit, kind of a commission, commission yeah. adjacent. There's a sending, yeah,
1: and then. The longest, the longest ending is, um, has the snake handling.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, and Jesus sending them out to proclaim the good news. Um, and this is the only sending that says, um, the one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned, um, so it's that's the one that any scholar worth his or her salt goes,
0: nah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, that that is
0: not that is original. A, right. Not long, original to the
1: added long after Yeah. So yeah, Mark really doesn't have a commissioning or ascending in the original form.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is kind of funny that it's like uh, and they said nothing. Next verse. They said a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next verse. Okay, oh, they said a lot they, There was a lot. There was a lot. Also, handle snakes. Also, condemn people. Also. <laughs> uh, that's fun. That's yeah. fun. And that's kind of fun, though, that Matthew then remains, uh, rel- as far as we can tell, untouched.
1: Right. Um, uh, right.
0: Which is kind of cool. Um, and
1: it. The another thing is it shows how important it became for the first Christians to have a sense of being sent. Mm, Yeah. That with Mark, it was more of, originally with Mark, it was kind of like, Whoo, man, what a story. I am exhausted from this. And in Luke and Matthew, which would have been created next, it was,
0: okay, so what? Right, right, right. You don't want your reader going like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, if you're if you're finding yourself going, holy crap, what do <laughs> I do? Here's the last couple of chapters of my bu- of my book.
1: <laughs> and uh and the people who are much smarter than I about analyzing the actual language and all say certainly this long ending in Mark was created using the building blocks of Matthew and Luke.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's basically the New Testament was just about done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you
0: know, Mark really needs a little more. <laughs> and, and, we have read Mark, and we have found it wanting.
1: <laughs> it won't be heretical to pull out from a go- from the two go- from two of the gospels. We really do affirm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: okay, there, there longer you go. ending. And then you know, some guys. What about the snake handling? <laughs> oh yeah, I almost forgot that. Put that in here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, with that, I think I'll call to a close this year podcast for June 4th. Come and don't come on Sunday and don't handle snakes. Right. Uh, no Cause need. that's not what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, um, uh, Trinity Sunday, uh, this year, June 4th, uh, we will have our, uh, eight and 10 o'clock in person, 10 o'clock being broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC videos, lots of things going on. Uh, so visit our website to see, uh, things about that and feel free to communicate, uh, with us at any point in time, uh, uh, with, through our email shortcut at HFEC.org. And until next week, I'm Ben, I'm Bruce, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.